Oh, hello there. Welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. It's been 100 years since we've done an episode of Prospects After Dark. Uh, look, so we have already have technical difficulties. Uh, first off, I am very stupid. That's that's first and foremost. Uh, as all of you know, and again, uh, let me take a step back. I'm already getting ahead of myself. First off, you can watch me on Twitter Live or you can watch us on YouTube. Uh, I would recommend YouTube Live. Um, give us your comments. Give us your thoughts. Hello, everyone. Welcome. To, uh, thank you to Brendan Schaefer. I'm going to have our first uh, little uh, little thing to Brendan Schaefer for teaching me how to scroll on a phone. Brendan, to you, I raise my glass. Uh, thanks, bud. It's been a pleasure. But hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. I am your host. I am Kyle Reese. It is a pleasure, pleasure to be here with you tonight. Look, um, I know that most people are going to want to talk about the lockout. We can do that. We're going to try to paint it in a positive light. We can, uh, but I want to talk about Cardinals prospects. I want to know who you're most excited about uh, uh, come the season, uh, which is about a month away. Uh, minor uh, AAA season starts in less than a month. All the rest of the minor league season starting about a month. Uh, I am just excited. So let's get after it. Um, first off, as always, I'd like to apologize uh, for taking so long to get to an episode of Prospects After Dark, uh, and also. I want to apologize because we've got this whole thing going on now where, uh, because Periscope is down, I've got to do through Twitter Live, which is a nightmare. Uh, maybe one day we'll integrate Twitter Spaces, but I don't know anything about that. Uh, um, and uh, uh, I would recommend going to um, the YouTube page, and the Birds on the Black YouTube page and doing it that way. All right, so uh, again, thank you to Brendan. Hello, Victoria, how are you? Uh, uh, Colin Dunn says, Kyle, man, it's so good to see you. Colin, it is great to see you. Welcome to Prospects After Dark on the 9th of March, 2022. Uh, uh, Lance Dance, our good friend uh, Adam Butler says, I just talk about Jordan Walker uh, for two hours, please. And then, of course, Johnny G24 says, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan Walker is a sensation. His 2021 season uh, uh, was a sensation. And now as he enters 2022, he's getting bigger. We're hearing all the right things that he's uh, talking about um, to, to all of the, the legit journos. Uh, talking about working with Okendo and getting a better defensive position and being willing to play a bunch of different defensive positions and trying to get as much time at as many positions as possible and as much schooling as possible. Uh, we're hearing about how loud his bat is already, which is a big thing, you know, hitting home runs into the wind and getting video of it. Um, yeah, look, if, if you want to talk about an exciting teenage prospect other than Mason Wynn, yeah, uh, along with Mason Wynn, rather, you're going to start with Jordan Walker in the Cardinals organization, which does nothing for a bunch of other really good and really promising teenage prospects in the organization. Um, over on YouTube, uh, Stephen McNeil says, uh, come to YouTube, everybody. Where are the peeps at? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I just, uh, I just want comments. I just want interaction. So give me your comments. Give me your interaction. Tony Forsolito, our good friend, says, Kyle, my man, how goes it? It wouldn't be a pad without technical difficulties. Yeah. Uh, so you can count on three things with pad, uh, four things. We're probably going to talk about dick a lot, uh, probably more than prospects. We're probably going to talk about uh, getting drunk and actually getting drunk. Uh, we're going to talk about prospects, and there's going to be technical difficulties, and we're going to start late. Uh, I apologize for all of that. Also, I would ask that you guys keep in mind that 
it's probably been months since I've done Prospects After Dark, uh, which means I'm going to be kind of rusty, which means I'm probably going to trip over my words, and for that, I apologize ahead of time. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been in the talk as fast as you can and try to get as many questions through and have an important and intelligent dialogue. Uh, so just give me a little bit of time. Let me settle in. Give me your questions. Give me your thoughts. Again, tell me other than, like, how about this? You know, uh, if you've been following along on the Dirty 40 uh, over at Birds on the Black, which you should be, um, which we published, and hopefully Ben Cerruti and I can get to finishing the, the podcast. Um, but uh, if you've been following along, who's a prospect that isn't Jordan Walker or Mason Wynn or Nolan Gorman or Matthew Libertor or Yvonne Herrera uh, uh, that you're excited, or Brendan Donovan or Juan Yepes, that you're excited to follow during the 2022 season? Um, I'm anxious to to follow those guys just as much as you are, and I want to talk and I want to see who some of the sleepers are uh, to the fans. Uh, let's see, Jigs over, oh, uh, Jeff Homer says, I can't see the chat on Twitter. Um, again, I don't know what's going on over on Twitter. That's a whole different thing. You know, since they, uh, since they messed up uh, the Periscope, uh, it's, it's a lot harder for me to do this. It's a lot less easy. It's a lot less user-friendly is probably the best way to put it. Uh, Jigs over on YouTube says, had to come here because I couldn't find the comment section on YouTube Live. Hey, Kyle, it's been a long time. Uh, I've seen a pad. I'm super happy. Jigs, thank you for being here. Again, I apologize to everybody for whatever technical di- difficulties come with YouTube. All right, what come with Twitter, rather. Uh, again, maybe our best bet is to transition to uh, YouTube or Twitter spaces, uh, but I'm not prepared for that. Uh, what's up, Kyle from Fuzzle Light? What's up, Fuzzle Light? How are you? All right, so we're going to get down to the dirty. Uh, so first things first, the booze that we are drinking tonight is Black Band Bourbon. And you can actually get this in one of the affiliated towns in Peoria, Illinois. I was just there this week. Uh, Ashley and I were visiting friends. And it was a really good time. And it's a really cool upscale place that makes their own bourbon and whiskey and booze. Uh, so if you go to Peoria, which you should to support the Peoria Chiefs uh, during the 2022 season... Just stop by there. It's a really nice place. They make good drinks. Look, I'll be honest with you. The bourbon is not – it's expensive for a bottle of bourbon, but it's not like top of the line. It's good bourbon. It just needs to be aged a little bit longer. It's good for mixing, uh, uh, but it's a really solid – I'm not mixing it. You guys know I'm just drinking bourbon with uh, ice. Um, but, yeah, so uh, just get it. Support it. Like it's not – you know, the bottle's like 60 bucks for bourbon. Whiskey's more uh, affordable. Uh, and – I enjoy it, but like I would rather have had Woodford Reserve or one of those others that are in that price range. It's good. It's worth it. Uh, have a cocktail. Go enjoy yourself. See, that's why I can't get a sponsorship deal. What a fucking asshole I am. There's not a chance in hell I deal with a sponsor. Uh, Matt Stromer. hey hey Matt Stromer. How are you? Welcome back. Where does Juan Bin fit into the uh, the Dirty 35? So Win Bin, uh, W-O-N, he actually pronounces it Win Bin Cho. The 18-year-old uh, Twitter video sensation with the sweet swinging lefty and the outfielder with the strong arm. You know, uh, what I'll tell you is because of his path to the Cardinals organization, you know, getting a little bit of showcase time, uh, taking a rather unusual path uh, from the uh, the, Kore- the Korean League, I believe, um, instead of being drafted, uh, coming playing community college, getting exposed that way. I don't really have a feel. Look, you can see the raw tools, but to say that we've seen him up enough again – We've seen him enough against talent 
that would be uh, evaluatable. Uh, I'm just not there yet. Look, I'm excited to see him. I can't wait to see where the Cardinals place him. I think that'll be telling. Uh, but yeah, I want to. I just want to get a little bit of time to see him and hear some of the hear what people are saying about him uh, before we we get too far into it. He's definitely would be one of those prospects that would be on like the uh, the uh, the kids eighteen and under or twenty and under or whatever we did during the Dirty Forty. But yeah, uh, it's just exciting to have a kid of that caliber in the organization, which of course has nothing for Jeremy Rivas or uh, Jeremy Ramos or Luis Pino or any of the other Malcolm Nunez, or not Malcolm anymore, uh, Edwin Nunez, any of the uh, teenage prospects in the Cardinals organization. Uh, let's see. Jeff Hommert, uh, what's the name of it? I live in Springfield and might go to Peoria to see a game. Again, the uh, the place, I believe, is called Black Band in Peoria. Again, support them. They're awesome. I'll tell you what, some of their other booze is really good. I just have such a high quality for bourbon, a high standard for bourbon. Uh, let's see. Uh, boy, we're already at the let's see phase of all this, huh? Scroll to the bottom. Oh, boy. Here we go. This thing's already messing up. Hi there. How are you? Uh, let's see. Wow, I haven't been here for a minute. Uh, yeah, so uh, gifts, evening, sir. Hello to Cardinals Gifts. All right, so I'm going to go to Sam Crawford over on YouTube. Uh, on the same page of the size of bases being increased, what else would you make bigger in baseball other than the size of O'Neill's bats? Well, if O'Neill's playing baseball, then my throbbing member is probably pretty big, probably be the biggest thing around and it's small as it is right now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, I would make, um, I would make the bats bigger. I think that if you, uh, if you had a bat that was like 557 inches and like still only weighed like 30, 30, 30 ounces, I think you'd have something uh, to go there. No, look, I don't have a problem with the bags. I know the minor leaguers didn't have a problem with the bags. Uh, so I'm the, with the bigger bags. So I'm not going to bitch and whine about it. Look, uh, it's a small aesthetic change. You don't really even notice uh, and it just makes it easier for uh, – it, it might entice some people into stealing, which apparently matters to some people. Ryan Schull says, wow, I haven't been here in a minute. Ryan, we haven't done Prospects After Dark in a minute. I, You know, if somebody wants to do some digging, feel free to look and find out when was the last time we did Prospects After Dark because I don't have any idea. Uh, Derek Johnson says, I am going to get so drunk now. <laughs> to you, Derek Johnson, I'm going to get so drunk now, too. A reminder that this very mug, this 16-ounce mug, you can get over at Birds on the Black, uh, relatively affordable, affordable minus the relatively, just affordable, and it helps support uh, uh, minor leaguers through one of those uh, um, foundations that helps minor leaguers. That's where the profits go for this. So go buy one of these. They're awesome. Victoria says, no apologies needed. That'd be the first time in my life. I should probably apologize for my existence. Um, a fuzzy light, fuzzle light says Gordon Graceffo. Yeah, so Gordon Graceffo is definitely one of the prospects that I would consider underneath the radar that I am very excited about. I know my friends over at Prospect Live, including Trevor Huth, uh, uh, has been very excited about him too. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I like... I, again, I think we said it before, but for a fifth-round draft pick, he's about all that you could ask for. He was a senior who surged, or senior, in his final year of college, he surged uh, uh, for Villanova. Uh, he throws in the, you know, he'll live in the mid-90s, can top out in the high 97 area. Uh, good spin, good measurable, some great off-speed pitches with a slider and a changeup. Um, a curveball that I think is coming along. Uh, yeah, Gordon Graceffo would definitely be one of my under-the-radar prospects to keep an eye on. And, and I, I cannot wait to gif him. I hope he's at Peoria. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Ryan Schul says Joshua Baez. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. All those pictures of Joshua Baez that you're seeing down at minor league camp right now, what a monster that kid is. Yeah, I'm so excited to see Joshua Baez. Um, you know, I don't know if the Cardinals will get aggressive with him or they'll take a more Trajan Fletcher-esque route with him. Um, we haven't heard much about him yet. Uh, so, yeah, look, uh, Joshua Baez, the big 
second round draft pick uh, in 2021 with nothing but athleticism, nothing but a strong arm, uh, a swing that kind of reminds you of teenaged Alex Rodriguez, just a swing, not the talent. Um, it, it, he's next level exciting. And also the type of prospect that the Cardinals don't really have a lot of. You know, he's just, he's that muscle bound outfielder, uh, big muscle bound outfielder. Um, again, we talk about Tyler O'Neill being a big muscle bound outfielder, but this is that whole different thing, that whole different level of size and athleticism with a big, strong arm uh, and as a teenager. So uh, nothing but promising stuff coming from Joshua Baez. Steve McNeil says, need a good 20-ish dollar bourbon. Yeah, for $20, I'll always go to the Yellow Label Four Roses. You guys know I love that. I didn't have that here. Uh, again, $18.43, I think, is a good $20, 20 to $30 bottle of bourbon. Uh, Elijah Craig, if you can get that uh, in that realm, like, yeah, you know, just stick with your... Uh, Stick with your yellow label. We love that stuff. Looking forward to another year of Avon Herrera from Stephen McNeil. Yeah, me too, man. I, uh, uh, You know, I think we talked about it a lot during PAD last year. But I think people got so caught up in his average and his on-base percentage, and maybe not his on-base percentage so much, uh, that they didn't notice. And it's something that I tried to talk about and I tried to write about. But he was a man on a mission to improve his situational hitting. We'd see him get deep in accounts. It was funny, you know, not often did he jump early on in counts. Uh, if anything, he was constantly working in hitters in pitchers' counts, working behind, trying to work on his approach. And it was funny, when he was just swinging away, he was hammering the baseball. So that's why I didn't knock him down off of the dirty 40 all that much. That's why I think that his, uh, his fall off of some of these lists is greatly exaggerated, especially with the gains that he's made defensively. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for Avon Herrera to rediscover his way into the national spotlight. Um, Jigs over on YouTube says, looking forward to seeing the guys in the bullpen when I watch MILB this year. Anyone to look out for specifically? Yeah, so what I will say, Jigs, is aside from like the minor league starters, the AAA starters, um, keep it, you know, so again, obviously that's Matthew Libertor, maybe Tommy Parson, depending on what his role is. The Post wrote an article about him today, along with Zach Thompson. Um, you know, I, I, Aaron Brooks, of course, the, the player that the Cardinals signed um, this offseason, he's probably going to be a major league contributor at some point. Keep an eye out for him. I think one of the under-the-radar names from a bullpen standpoint that I could see making a major league debut in 2022 when 2022 kicks off is Jacob Bosiokovic. Uh, he has a really short path, uh, uh, arm path. He throws a really good slider and a heavy spin fastball. Uh, he's he's high octane and he's a converted position player. So he's still working on a lot of his mechanical issues, and you see that. But he's a big, strong kid that can make an impression. But yeah, you know, I think I think Austin Warner, the lefty. I think if the Cardinals needed a quick lefty for a couple games, I think he's the direction I would go in. Uh, those are some of the the guys that come to my mind uh, when we're talking about maybe some of the minor league bullpen guys. Uh, making uh, an impression at the major league level, which of course has nothing for Jake Walsh or Freddie Pacheco, who were both added to the 40-man Walsh with his big curveball, Pacheco with his slider fastball, mostly fastball. Uh, those guys are going to probably make a major league debut during the 2022 season if they stay healthy. Walsh's health has been an issue. Um, those are the names that come to my mind right away. Uh, Steve McNeil says, we need to, we need a bot B, uh, pint glass, Kyle. That would be really cool. Uh, I'm going to go back to Twitter for a second. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, uh, Bradrian 86 says Luke and Baker. Yeah. You know, uh, we already have that, uh, that sort of best shape of his life situation with Luke and Baker. Uh, people were talking about how, uh, he's, he's already spelted down a little bit. Um, 
Uh, that's exciting. Look, the, he's worked on becoming a better defensive first baseman. That's good, too. But I want to remind everybody that Luke and Baker made such great strides between the end of the 2019 season and the beginning of the 2021 season. You know, COVID losing, COVID being responsible for the loss of the 2020 season. Uh, but the defender that Luke and Baker was in 2021 was actually really impressive. Again, probably minor league average, just a little bit above average at first base. Uh trending in a positive direction. He saved so many errors for really good defenders uh, there, including Nolan Gorman, including Delvin Perez, you know, Brendan Ryan, uh, Nick Nick Dunn. All of that is uh, uh, to say that Luke and Baker's already made great progress. And if, he's, if his bat isn't compromised, that big power bat that he has, as he's skinned down a little bit, skinny down a little bit, then we're, uh, we are in good shape. Uh, I Again, I hope that the Rule 5 draft isn't implemented because I would imagine that he would be a player, Luke and Baker would be, that might get looked at, especially if you're going to have universal DH. CardinalFan022 says, do you think John Walker has top 10 prospect potential by the end of the year? So Jordan Walker, uh, yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, I think that if you're talking to people in the national scene who are way smarter than me, they're going to tell you that he has the potential, that his bat alone has the potential to carry him into, into a top 10 spot. You know, I, I don't think his bat is as advanced as Julio Rodriguez uh, for the Mariners is at the same age. It isn't. I, I don't. It's not a matter of it thinking it is. It just isn't. It's a different kind of thing. Uh, uh, Julio Rodriguez, is uh, his bat is something else. Uh, but, you know, it's something along those lines. And that's the type of bat that is a top 10 uh, player, uh, top 10 prospect in baseball. So, yeah. Um, Daniel Shoptal, C70 says, just dropping by to see how long I can stay before being uncomfortable. I would imagine you're gone. You also said, Kenobi. Which, by the way, if you haven't watched the trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, just a little while ago that came out today, what a brilliant thing. Like, I... uh. I'm a big comic book nerd, I'm a big Star Wars nerd, and nothing has gotten me as excited as an Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So to Obi-Wan Kenobi, to Daniel Shaptal, who's actually, Daniel Shaptal, we share the same living space and uh, because we're a couple, uh, and he and I are in love, and we're basically married, uh, and he's laying in bed completely naked for me right now. So I'll be in there a little bit, sweetheart. Uh, let, let's see. Sorry about the let's see. I promise one of these days I will stop saying let's see. Over on YouTube, Sam Crawford says, if we end up having the Rule 5 draft, is there anyone you are concerned about uh, that might get taken? Hold on. I needed something to drink. Yeah, you know, we talked about Luke and Baker a second ago. I think that there's a chance Luke and Baker could be one of those guys with a universal DH. You never know what's going to happen with some of those uh, those older minor leagues pitchers, right? Especially if you're talking about a, sh a season that might need to be 162 games in fewer days than you're already planning for. A couple years ago, Chris Ellis was taken. You don't know what that means for Tommy pa Well, I don't know if Tommy Parsons is eligible. But you don't know what that means for... Uh, Austin Warner, uh, who I call Andrew Warner every while, every once in a while, who was another former Cardinal farmhand. You don't know what that means for Austin Warner. You don't know what that means for Jacob Bosiokovic. You don't know what that means for guys like that. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think I'm not worried about Devin Perez. I, I like nothing like that. Uh, of the hitting prospects, definitely Luke and Baker. I'd definitely be worried about that. But from a pitching standpoint, just know that anybody could get taken like you just you just never know you never know how that's going to go because every once in a while somebody will take chris ellis uh or matt bowman you know and you just you don't expect it because they fly underneath the radar but somebody might see something that they think uh will will be rewarded in the long run 
Uh, Foster the Person says, pouring some bourbon in honor of a more swole Bro-Neal. Yeah, I don't know if Bro-Neal's much more swole than he was. You know, he's worked hard to uh, kind of kick the heavy lifting and make it more practical and continue to work on stretching and, and making himself more malleable, uh, more pliable during the season to keep his health good, uh, which was never an issue for him in the minors, but he struggled with it at the majors. Anyways, uh, to, to, we will absolutely raise our glass to Tyler O'Neill, who we love with all of our heart. To you, Prince Sex. Come on my face. T4 Salito says, if you're watching on a phone tablet, you can comment on Twitter. Laptop looks like YT is better. I don't know what that is. Uh, Spaghetti Jones, what up, dog? What up, Spaghetti Jones? Uh, Graham asks, thoughts on John Denton? Any relation to Bryce? Yeah, so he is. Uh, he's the oldest brother of Bryce Denton. No, no, there's no relation there. I think John Denton's really cute. I think he's a sweetheart. I think I want to hug him and kiss him and love him. I think I want to have a Eiffel Tower situation with he and C70, just like God intended. Uh, I think that he's really fucking boring, and he'll hopefully come out of his shell once he gets used to us, but uh, man... Uh, you know, also, I don't I don't envy the position he's in. He's got to work for Major League Baseball. So, you know, he's limited in what he can say and what he can do, uh, especially during the, the lockout. And I also feel sorry for him because he's a stranger in a strange land. Even though he's familiar with the Cardinals organization, uh, he has to be with people like me and I'm a maniac. Uh, and also, he just doesn't have the familiarity with the organization because he hasn't been exposed to it the way that the rest of us have. So I'm just going to keep tweeting at him until he loosens the fuck up or doesn't uh, and also have some fun in the process. And hopefully he knows that he can come to me or whoever uh, and we can have honest dialogue and help to inform him to make him as good to make him. He's a great rider. He's already a better rider than I am. But to help him out wherever we can because, you know, we're a community when it's all said and done and it's all about um, uh, supporting the community. Gifts over on YouTube says, I am liking the YouTube... Uh, I'm liking the YouTube community we have in here at this moment. Yeah, it was cool. Brett Miner over on YouTube says, did they officially shut down Wins Pitching? Yes, officially. But remember, uh, his velocity is never going to stop, and that that breaking pitch of his is good. So say, and I have, look, I want to make it clear that I view Mason Wynn as the long-term shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals over the next decade. I don't know when that means it'll start, but I would imagine over the next decade. He has that ability. His bat suffered in Peoria a little bit, but you know what? Oh, well, what a hell of a season that was for kids who were drafted in 2020 asked to uh, perform at Peoria. He's going to be fine. He's a shortstop of the future, but say that doesn't pan out, uh, which I don't, I think it will, but say it doesn't. Uh, it's easy enough for him to fall back on his raw pitching skills uh, and be a long-term relief option for many, many years. I have no doubt about it. But yeah, as of right now, uh, not only as reported by the Post, but from what I have heard, what I heard before the Post reported it, uh, that uh, he has been shut down temporarily. Uh, maybe potentially forever, but maybe temporarily. Let's see. Uh, Nelson51962 says, time to take a little Windex to the camera. All right, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to nuzzle you to my breast. Hopefully it th this thing doesn't act stupid. Did that help? Yeah, I don't know if that helped. Maybe it helped a little bit. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, but Hogs Moggy says, excited to see McGreevy get a full season. Yeah, you know, uh, I know just from hearing, again, the interview at STLtoday.com. Go ahead and subscribe to STLtoday.com. Look, Derek Gould's better at what he does than anybody else in the whole world. So uh, subscribe to it, get his stuff. But they interviewed McGreevy, and McGreevy was talking about putting weight on. He had lost weight at the end of the season. It was the first time he'd ever been exposed to everybody that was really good. Um, you guys know how I feel about Michael McGreevy. I feel the same way about Michael McGreevy that I feel I felt about Zach Thompson and still feel about Zach Thompson. I think that there were better options at that pick. I think the Cardinals missed 
uh, like Ty Madden, who I think is better, uh, the multiple arms that I think are better than, than Michael McGreevy. But I get why they went to Michael McGreevy. I understand why they went with Zach Thompson. There's kind of a, an understood because he throws strikes uh, floor. And he also has really good measurables and a really athletic body with a really quick arm. So I get it. And I'm with you, Hogs Moggy or Hog Hogs Mog or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm really excited about um, – his 2022 season. I'm anxious to see where the Cardinals start him. I'm anxious to see how long he stays there. Uh, how? So how? Uh, he also asked on YouTube, how high does McGreevy climb in 2022? I'll say by the end of the year, he's through Peoria. Um, I don't think he'll go to Springfield. I think that that's a little bit of a rush. In my mind, he would have to have made huge gains from the uh, from even his, his dominant collegiate season to be at that point. Shoptal says he's gone. Miss you, Dan. Miss you, baby. I'll be there in a minute. Uh, Alexander Gorios. Oh, wait, no. Uh, Colin Dunn says, it's been forever since I've thought about Griffin Roberts. He was on the fast track. Any news there? You know, the Griffin Roberts on the fast track, remember, he was never really on the fast track. What happened was on draft night, you had talking heads on ESPN and MLB.com speak out of turn about his ability to contribute to the major leagues in a quick manner. You know, the Cardinals kind of took it easy with him from the get-go. So the fast track was a fallacy presented to you by the media monkeys and the junkie junkies on MLB.com who were just trying to sell their product and build up hype and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. We've been saying on Prospects After Dark since the day that they drafted him that we need to pump the brakes. Now, I'm a big Griffin Roberts fan. Uh, I still am a big Griffin Roberts fan. I think that he still has the potential, especially if he's shifted to a bullpen role, to be a bullpen option for the St. Louis Cardinals uh, maybe moving forward. But he dealt with the arm issues last year, and the most important thing is that he's healthy and ready to contribute. That's what we need to see. We need to see consistent velocity, consistent command, consistently repeating his mechanics because you can see it all go out of whack and it doesn't benefit him in any way. When he's on, that slider's the best pitch in the organization. It's better than, uh, in my opinion, it's better than Matthew Libertor's slider, which is his best pitch. Don't let anybody tell you differently. I hear all this bullshit about his fastball and his changeup and his curve. His best pitch is his slider. It's one of the maybe 10 best pitches in the minor leagues. Uh, it's really fucking good. So what I'm getting at with Griffin Roberts is give it time. The I, I apologize for the national media for the whole fast-tracking thing, uh, which isn't my responsibility to do, but I'm going to do it anyways. And I'm going to remind you that even the most evolved draft pick, it's not easy for them to contribute at the major leagues uh, in a couple years. Uh, Dakota Hudson did it. Didn't take him very long. Uh, and that's about as good as you could possibly ever hope for. And, you know, uh, oh, hey. Oh, Alexander uh, Gorio says, throbbing member. To Seth Close on 590. So uh, in the mornings, you know, I used to listen to the morning after, and then they switched to HD2. And in my work truck, I don't get HD2. I don't have an AUX cord or AUX cable or anything like that. So I've been listening to uh, Hot Take Central on 590 with Charlie Marlowe and Jimmy the Cat Hayes and Cam Jansen, along with uh, Seth Close, who's one of the producers, uh, and Nate Lucas. And I love that show. I love participating in that show. It's really freaking good. Good. So if you haven't had time uh, to listen to it, turn it on. They're on from 7 to 10 on 590, the fan. Uh, to Seth Close, I raise my glass. Seth, I am intrigued by your parents. I think they're awesome. Your mom sounds like an awesome person. Your dad, uh, whether he's real or not, I don't know. But uh, to your dad, uh, to your parents, to you, sir, to the show you're on, uh, thank you for letting me participate in it. Uh, thanks for talking with me and texting. And uh, to you, sir, thank you for being a part of Prospects After Dark. Welcome to the Pad family. You can tell it's a hell of a little uh, thing we got going on here. 
Cardinal fan 22 says, do you think Walker can be a top 10 prospect by the end of the season? I do. Uh, Seth says, what's your take on Alex Fado, a former Florida Gator in the Tiger system? Yeah, you know, Fado was a, a big time draft pick, right? He was a first round draft pick. Uh, to be honest with you, Seth, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I don't know much about him. Uh, to give you a little bit of background on me, about four years ago, I completely designated myself into the Cardinal system. I used to follow all of the minor leagues, but when I started writing for Birds on the Black about four or five years ago, I went full throttle uh, uh, Cardinal system only. And it's why I know all these guys from top to bottom. Uh, and I gift throughout the entire season. But, you know, uh, all that I know about Fado is that when he was in, when he was at Florida, uh, he was a monster. An absolute monster. He deserved all the praise that he got. He had a really nasty breaking ball, some deceptive, deceptive motion, and it just never seemed to materialize in the best possible way for him. Uh, well, at the minors, he was pretty dominant at the low levels, if I'm, if I'm correct. But then, uh, just, and hey, he hasn't been able to put it all completely together. Now, I could be wrong too, but I think, now, yeah, I could be wrong, but I think he had a decent year last year. Am I wrong about that? Uh, so the other thing about me, Seth, is I don't prepare for things, and I, I fly by the seat of my pants. I generally don't do any looking up during uh, Prospects After Dark. I just say things. Uh, we don't vet and verify here. So uh, <laughs> I would say that, uh, yeah, I, I, I wish I knew more. I'm sorry. Uh, Hogs Mog says, Tink Hence. Yeah, you know, uh, the 19-year-old, the I guess 20-year-old at this point, Tink Hence, he only pitched eight innings, struck out 14 last year. Uh, good body, still wiry, needs to fill out that frame a little bit. I would imagine he's at Palm Beach all year, low A, and it's going to be fun to be able to keep an eye on him pitching on a, on a standard uh, minor league rotation once a week. I'm very excited about that. You know, if you're paying attention to National List, you'll find out that Tink Hentz is becoming that, like, name that's on the top 10, on the back half of the top 10, or right outside the top 10, that everybody's telling you you need to keep an eye on. And that's because he has an easy motion with good velocity uh, and a release point that he mimics with his breaking pitch and his changeup. So uh, keep an eye out for him. I I'm excited for him too, uh, Hogs Mog. Ritter772, do you think Carlson is was worth the hype? Yeah, I absolutely do. Uh, let me, you know, we've talked about it a lot with Dylan Carlson. And you guys know, and but real fast, I guess we should take a step back. To the Carlson family, uh, I raise my glass. You know, uh, they're, they're proud pad people. Uh, uh, so the, the entire Carlson family, we raise our glass uh, to you. Which also means we have to give that to the Hicks family. Uh, to Jason Hicks, to uh, Jennifer Hicks, to Jordan Hicks, to the whole Hicks clan. We raise our glass. The, the, the patriarchy and the matriarchy of Prospects After Dark. To the Hicks and the Carlsons, but to the Hicks and then the Carlsons, but then the Hicks and the Carlsons. And of course, all the other minor league families that I've talked to via Twitter or via DM to all of you as well. But yes, I do think he's worth the hype. And even if you look back at his season last year, that was a really, really great season. He had some kerfuffle moments out in right field, which happened, uh, especially for a 21, 22, 23-year-old uh, making his major league debut in his first major league season. And, you know, his bad was kind of wishy-washy. He had weird splits that maybe don't track with how good he was at the minor league level. Uh, but remember, hitting at the major leagues is very, very tough. I've been saying it. And you can look back at my dirty 35 write-up of him for years and years. It was never going to happen for him right away where he was going to be a perennial all-star. It was always going to take time. And then also, uh, you know, before we get to the end also, but... That just wasn't his. All you had to do was look at his minor league track record to see it was going to take him one or two years to finally become uh, the player that has perennial all-star potential. 
The other thing to remember about the lovely and talented Dylan Carlson is that he's kind of a monster. You just have to let him settle in. And when it happens, it'll happen. The hype machine hurts players. And I try my hardest to throttle back on the hype machine when I can. Uh, but remember, like, forever now I've been saying, you know, we've heard Derek Gould talk about it, Andre Ethier type player. I've always said Nick Markakis. And people get upset about Nick Markakis. But Nick Markakis has been in the league for 15, 16 years. There was a time when he was hitting 20 home runs perennially. You know, around 300, around 380 OBP, you know. He, he around 280 average, around 380 OBP, 360 OBP. Like, that's hype. That's the kind of player that you might not be able to build a, a lineup around, but that's the kind of player that is support system for perennial all-stars like Paul Goldschmidt and potentially Tyler O'Neill and, uh, and Nolan Arenado. That's exactly what you need in that spot. Uh, GLJ says, you look like Ariel Helwani with those glasses on. Can't wait for God mode, Marp, with those singles and doubles with no shift in field, maybe. I don't know who GLJ is, but I'm going to take a sip of beer to you, sir. Uh, that was crazy, and I love it. Uh, and uh, you know what? I think of myself as some lady named Ariel Helwani. I don't know who the fuck that is, but you know what? She's sexy as fuck, especially with her beard. Oh, God, we got so many comments. Uh, JT says, not the only thing I'm raising to Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, our dicks raised. Zachary Edwards says, cheers, Beef Castle. To you, Zachary Edwards, we raise our glass. Gorio Productions says, worst part about the lockout is the lack of Cardinals gifts content. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Uh, take your shirt off from Sarah Ann. No. If the, if the owners and the players come to an agreement tonight, I'll take my shirt off. Uh, Alexander Gorio says, so basically he's O'Neill to replace O'Neill. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, Shekels EX says, you can be the muscle-bound outfielder. You know, uh, Shekels EX is one of my favorite people on Twitter. Uh, one of my favorite people to interact with. To you, I love you. Mason Shepard asks, what's in the glass tonight? It is a bottle of Black Band. Uh, this is a, a distillery in Peoria, Illinois. So when you go and watch the Peoria Chiefs this year, uh, and whoever starts there, maybe Mason Wynn, maybe Michael McGreevy, whoever it ends up being, uh, stop by there, get yourself some bourbon, get yourself some drinks, get yourself some uh, some some morsels, and have a good time. Uh, Luke Ratchwall says, what's up, guys? I love seeing Pat on YouTube now. Luke, welcome to Pat. Welcome to YouTube. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Alex Hoagie says, Derek Gould totally liked a tweet of mine, and I fanboyed. Yeah, uh, I, I want to say that there are two people uh, that I – look, I respect everybody in media uh, locally for the most part. Uh, what I will say is that the two people that I, I tend to, like, fanboy out at uh, – I love Tom Ackerman. Tom Ackerman is one of the most genuine and awesome people. He has been so kind to me over these years. I can't tell you uh, how how awesome I view how awesome Tom Ackerman is and how nice he's been to me. And Derek Gould. And you know, I'm a I'm a degenerate. I say crazy stuff. I'm trying to get reaction out of people, and I'm trying to get people to laugh and have a good time. But like Derek Gould is like I have such rever I re I have such reverence for him that there's no way that I'm going to act like myself. I'm going to try to be as normal of a person around him because he doesn't deserve to have my nonsense. He just deserves to try to have a nice person uh, be as normal as possible because he is so good at what he does. Uh, and he's, you know, sure, people have their problems with him here and there, but that's whatever. Uh, I think they're crazy. I've had, you know, we all, we all do things and say things that are stupid. Uh, we all get riled up in the moment. Uh, and I don't know. I just think Derek Gould's incredible. So, uh, yeah, uh, whatever the question was, yes, Derek Gould. Oh, no, uh, I definitely understand the fanboying out with Derek Gould. You know, the, every time I've I've interacted with him, I have it's like a fanboy moment. I understand. And the same thing goes with the morning program, the, the Hot Take Central on 590. Like, 
being able to talk to those guys and text in and Cam's great about reading text and they're awesome and cordial and it's it's awesome. It's a really great show that you should check out. Uh, did the Rule 5 draft happen? I can't even remember from Graham. The minor league phase of it happened. The minor league phase happened, but the major league phase did not. Uh, Luke Rachel says, hey, Kyle, have you seen the Batman? We can save for later if you were baseball only right now. Look, uh, I have seen the Batman. I don't want to give away any spoilers. I will say I really like it. I love the fact that Batman uh, is not as smart as the Riddler, that he's one step behind the Riddler the whole time, uh, and that he's not a particularly great detective. I thought it was really good. I thought it was as good of an opening of a movie as you could see. The Black Case book uh, hit me hard. I loved every second of that. Uh, and yeah, I, I loved uh, the voiceover. I loved the narration. I thought it was a really good movie, and I can't wait to see what Matt Reeves has next. Uh, oh, hey, uh, Luke Rackwall is Hex. Oh, what's up, Hex? Oh, that makes me happy. Welcome back, Hex. This is great. I'm glad I saw that over on YouTube. Jeff Niehaus says, cheers to YouTube. I'm getting a beer. Uh, 24Sleeve says, wait, does this mean we can find out what you used to text into on TMA under? My name is Kyle. I've always been Kyle. I was Kyle on TMA. I'm Kyle on Hot Take Central. Uh, I'm not, look, you guys know I'm Kyle Reese on YouTube. I'm not afraid to put my, uh, my entire information up there. Uh, worst part about the lockout is happening, the lack of gifts. Yeah, I agree. Oh, hello to Trisha Hudson. Uh, to, uh, so, again, as we talk about some of the minor league people, to Trisha Hudson, we raise our glass of booze. To Zay Richardson, we raise our glass of booze. Look, there are so many promising and intriguing prospects at the minor league level. The Cardinals have a lot of really interesting catchers. You guys know I love Zay Richardson. He's one of my favorites. Uh, but to, to uh, Trisha, I raise my glass. Uh, to the whole minor league system, to the kids that are enjoying a little extra attention down in Florida, I raise my glass. Jeff Homert says, no spoilers. I hope I didn't spoil anything. Um, Zachary Edwards says, good body is how I describe Kyle. Yeah, uh, by good, you mean sad. I like to think I have a sad body. Brett Miner said, Carlson is just getting started. I can't wait to see him this year. Oh, hi, Anna. How are you? To Anna, to Anna Kaiser, I'm going to raise my beer because I've had too much booze and I need to slow that down. So I'm going to have more booze, just lighter. Uh, to you, Anna, you're awesome. Uh, thank you for being in here. You're, again, another one of my favorite people on Twitter. When she's participating in Twitter. But you're cool, so whatever. The, you know what I'm saying. I don't yeah. Jeff Niehaus says, Gives every weekend a Kaiser. Uh, favorite bourbon in the 30 to 60 range. I, Woodford Reserve is the first thing that comes to my mind, Jeff Homert, when I think about bourbon in the 30 to 60 range. Um, yeah, you know, the, the upscale Four Roses I love. Uh, Basil Hayden's. Um, you know, Makers is in like the 30 range. I'll never get tired of Makers, Mark. Uh, the Jefferson, like Jefferson's good stuff. I know that's right in the 30 mark too. Uh, cheers to Derek Gould, Burr, FYI. Everyone is drinking damn on behind. You're damn right, Hex. Get yourself some booze. Uh, Ed Meyer says, completely stuff from Chipotle on my way to the fridge for a beer. What you going to drink? What's everybody drinking tonight? Uh, Graham says, Nick Plummer not added to a 40 man feels like it will be a Cocoa Crisp kind of mistake. Yeah, Coco Crisp was traded for uh, uh, Chuck Finley, right? Wasn't he a part of the Chuck Finley deal? Am I wrong about that? Look, uh, Nick Plummer, we don't know what Nick Plummer is going to be. I have high hopes that Nick Plummer is going to stick around and be a Mets contributor for years and then eventually gets a chance, <laughs> eventually gets a chance to be uh, a starter somewhere. Uh, the, the strides that Nick Plummer made, again, during the lockout to his, his approach, to his ability to hit the ball hard, to his body, to his baseball mind. Uh, he deserved a 40-man spot. 
And with four open 40-man spots, it's a damn tragedy that the Cardinals didn't protect him. And, uh, again, cheers to the Mets for, for taking a, a signing him to a major league deal. That wasn't the only team that was willing to sign him, too. So it goes to show you the mistake that the Cardinals made. And, again, if he ends up being a fourth outfielder, a fifth outfielder, if he ends up having the same career trajectory as Justin Williams has, then that's still a valuable uh, prospect, a valuable asset that you protect. Uh, you know, best case scenario, you get a starter for him. A middle case scenario, you can trade him like you traded Oscar Mercado. Worst case scenario, you have like a little Justin Williams thing that happens with him. But either way, it was poor asset management for a kid who worked his ass off for the organization uh, and has nothing to show for it with the organization other than a thank you for coming. You know, sure, the organization never gave up on him, but organizations don't give up on first-round picks. So you'll have to pardon me if I tell you to screw off. And also to tell you, and not you, Graham, you're, you're just asking a question, but tell the Cardinals to screw off there because they fucked up. That was a mistake. They shouldn't have done it. Uh, Sarah Ann says, can you say Bosiokovic again? Yeah, uh, uh, Jacob Bosiokovic. They're good people. They're awesome family. Uh, do you have any update on the best Cardinal outfield prospect? Uh, Tyler Reichenborn from GLJ. Look, I love Tyler Reichenborn. He's a really athletic Really fast, really speedy, good defensive center fielder with kind of a below-average arm. Uh, when he was with Palm Beach in 2019, I was really impressed. The Cardinals signed him as a minor league free agent. Uh, he went to, um, oh, God, I was going to say Duke, but it wasn't Duke, and now I don't remember. But anyways, yeah, look, uh, uh, again, he's kind of a slap hitter. He uses his speed to his advantage. Uh, I like him a lot, but if we're talking about the best Cardinals outfield prospect, it's Tyler O'Neill. No, no, it's not Tyler O'Neill. He's he's here. No, it's uh, probably Joshua Baez. Honestly, you know, uh, if you consider Juan Yepes an outfield prospect, maybe him. I I, I think yeah, I think Joshua Baez is what most people would say. Um, Alec Burleson deserves some talk there. Counter Capel's on the cusp, although he's not really a best prospect situation. Uh, yeah, there's, look, there are a lot of uh, really interesting, really good uh, uh, prospects that are on the cusp, relatively speaking. Johnny G says, was Win a legit pitching prospect? Good move to axe pitching. I think that, I think that if you view Mason Wynn as your long-term shortstop, maybe for a decade, then yes, this was the right move to make. Uh, I do view him that way. So I don't blame the Cardinals for making this move, and I don't blame Mason Wynn for buying into it. And I also think that it probably benefits Mason Wynn in the long run. You know, what Otani is capable of doing as a, both a hitter and a pitcher, it's once in a lifetime. It's it's so unique. Like, to call it once in a lifetime is probably underselling it. It's probably more than once in a lifetime. It's probably so so unique that we'll never see what Otani is capable of doing, maybe even ever again. It's, it's just incredible. So, yes, I understand why the Cardinals are doing it. I understand why Mason Wynn uh, is buying into it. All of it makes complete and utter sense to me. I will say that I love the fact, too, that the Cardinals are willing to let him be a shortstop. Let's see, you see if that bat will play, which I think eventually it will. Uh, especially because of how good of a defensive shortstop he is and how strong and how top tier that arm is. With the option that you could fall back to that arm as a relief pitching option uh, four years down the road if he can't materialize as a shortstop. So, look, I, I wanted to see him as a two-way player because I think it's awesome and I think he has the mental capacity and the wherewithal to do it. Uh, but I understand why they're not. And I'm anxious to see what a full season is just a shortstop without a throwing program uh, uh, looks like for such a talented young man. Uh, to Ron Nuttall. Hey, Ron, what's up? Says, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan. Yeah, look, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I am so excited for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, uh, more so than any of the other Star Wars stuff, more so than any of the Marvel or DC stuff. Uh, uh, it's always been Obi-Wan. I'm so excited for that. 
Uh, over on uh, YouTube, uh, uh, Hex says, I may have missed the question early on. Are there any prospects that we see make an impact, get major league time this season? Uh, what I'll say um, about that is, you know, the easiest, the easiest direction to go is the path of least resistance, right? So you're talking about uh, uh, Jake Walsh, who was added to the 40, Freddie Pacheco, who was added, added to the 40, two relief pitchers. Pacheco can get up to the hundreds with a slider that doesn't throw that often. Uh, Walsh with a fastball in the 97 range and a breaker with great spin that plays off. Those are probably the two guys that come to my mind first. If you're digging a little bit deeper, then yeah, uh, Matthew Libertor is going to make it, uh, probably going to make a major league debut. Nolan Gorman's going to make a major league debut. Um, uh, maybe Zach Thomas, maybe Tommy Parson. The Cardinals love both those guys. They also still love Connor Jones. Keep an eye out for Connor Jones. Connor Jones is the kind of guy that I could see another organization maybe taking a chance on on a Rule Five. Uh, Jacob Osiokovic was a name that we threw out a little while ago, like uh, as a deep sleeper. You know, if you're talking about hitting, uh, I, I Brendan Donovan. Well, yeah. Uh, I love Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond deserves all the credit he's gotten for being the defensive second baseman he has. But we've talked about this in the past. And I do think Paul DeYoung deserves a chance to prove that the adjustments he made this offseason are the kind that can stick around at the major league level. Like, I hate to be that way. And sure, I want Carlos Correa, but they're not going to get Carlos Correa. So then you have to start thinking practically. But with that being said, as I bring up Brendan Donovan, as I bring up Nolan Gorman, what I would do with the Edmond, Gorman, DeYoung, Sosa, Donovan thing is whichever two play the best get the starting spots. Uh, and I know that's crazy, but I could almost envision a situation where Edmund is your starting shortstop. And again, at Stanford, he was a really good defensive shortstop. In the minor leagues, Tommy Edmund was a really good defensive shortstop. His arm was just a little, little weak, uh, but it's not so weak that he can't make up for it. Uh, anyways, I'm just saying that that middle infield should be an open competition in spring. None of those guys have played. Uh, you know, the the old stalwarts have not played so well that they should have their jobs written in sharpie. Uh, I want to see a complete uh, 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 contest. There is what I want to see. So yes. Uh, uh, all of that's to say that I think that all those guys that I just mentioned have a chance to make a major league debut uh, in um, uh, uh, 2022, if we have a 2022 season. Seth Close says, if Jordan Walker is called up and Arenado is still here, is there any other position he could play? I would say right now you wouldn't feel comfortable with Jordan Walker playing any position in the major leagues. I, You know, other than DH, of course, which I don't know if we consider a position or not. But, uh, you know, he just doesn't have the seasoning, the reps that you would expect or would hope for for a player that is making their major league debut. Um, I would say that if, you know, Jordan Walker is a smart kid. He was going to go to Duke. Uh, he's intelligent. He has high baseball IQ, just like Nolan Gorman. So a year ago, if you would have asked me the same question about Nolan Gorman, if, you know, Colton Wong is here at second base, uh, or no, if Nolan Arenado's at third, do you feel comfortable with uh, – uh, Nolan R, R, with uh, uh, Nolan Gorman playing second, the answer would be no. But what we saw by the end of the year, the end of the 2021 season, the minor league season, was Nolan Gorman probably would have been ready to play innings one through seven at second base to get his bat in there at the major league level. I could envision a situation where, with the same kind of outfield prep uh, at a corner outfield, by the end of the year, if his bat was so good, Jordan Walker could be a major league contributor uh, uh, with defensive replacements and for late game situations. I hope that answers your question, Seth. Andres Fanador. What's up, Andres? Will we see Burleson in the big leagues in the coming season? You guys know I love Alex Burleson. And he got off to a rough start at AAA. But remember, his last month of the season at Memphis was off the charts. 
Alec Burleson has the most underrated off def- has the most underrated outfield arm in the organization. And once he cuts down on some of the bad routes he takes, I think that you're going to see uh, uh, at least average corner outfielder, specifically in right, because I think his arm plays best in right. Uh, I do envision a situation where, with a couple of injuries. Alec Burleson makes a major league debut, but remember, this is a 2020 draft pick. There's no reason to rush him. They kind of rushed him already, right, because he's already at AAA after being drafted in 2020. Uh, They already kind of rushed him, but there's just no reason to push it any further. Uh, They do have kind of a – and, you know, you also would want to see what Lars Neupar could do. Maybe with a couple injuries, he's the guy. But, you know, uh, for me, I'd like – I'd prefer that if – unless he's going to get everyday starts, you'd go with Connor Capel, maybe even Justin Turner, depending on how that goes. The Cardinals love Scott Hurst for whatever reason, whatever reason. Um, But, yeah, like – uh, th- yeah, that's my thought about Burleson. I think that there's a chance. I don't know if I necessarily push it. I think he'll be ready for it when it's there, uh, with that beautiful quick swing of his and that, that beautiful flow and that strong arm. Uh, and, uh, I'm, Andres, I would expect that, uh, Mr. Burleson has a really good 2022. And we talk about him maybe even being a major league contributor, contributor in 2023. I need some water. I'm sorry. I've been going for about an hour, haven't had any water, and I've got cotton mouth. Uh, over on YouTube, Jeff Homert says, I'm bearish on the starting pitching, providing enough innings and staying healthy. Who do you see coming up to help the in the summer or fall for innings defeated? Libertor and Thompson seem likely, but will they bring them up? Yeah, I think Libertor would probably be your smart one. Remember, Aaron Brooks is really the wild card in all this. The Cardinals signed Aaron Brooks knowing that they'd be able to get innings out of him. So whether that's relief innings or whether that's major league innings, even though he signed to a minor league deal, I'd look there. You know, uh, Knowing how the Cardinals operate, I would not, I would not um, forget about Johan Oviedo or Jake Westbrook. But I think if you're looking down at the minor leagues, then Matthew Libertor is probably your first option to get substantial starts when it comes up. Uh, Matt Abbott twenty four says, "Love the Chicken Brothers T-shirt." Yeah, Los Polos Hermanos. You guys know I love that Breaking Bad and that Better Call Saul. Uh, James goes boom. What's up, James goes boom? How are you? The Redbird Way says, are they delaying the season because the league is scared of Juan Yepes? Yeah, uh, by the way, our good friend Ben Clemens over at Fangrass wrote a great article about six, uh, what did I say, Westbrook. I said Jake Westbrook, didn't I, Jeff Hobart? I did say Jake Westbrook. I meant Jake Woodford. Now, uh, taking a step back real fast, uh, I will say that probably another hundred times during the season. The Jacob, well, Jake Woodford, Jake Westbrook thing, uh, I mean, I've been saying that for years now, and I'm sorry about that. But, uh, uh, yes, to your point, to your question, the Redbird way, the league is terrified of Juan Yepes. But Ben Clemens over at Fangraph wrote a great article about some sleepers at the minor league level, Juan Yepes being one of them. Uh, look, he's going to hit. It might take him a second to get going. But that's, uh, again, that's a, what would that have been, 20... 13, ask Alan Craig Bat once he gets going, once he gets established, once he finds his confidence uh, at the major league level. Yeah, like that, he's going to hit. Uh, Steele says, I think you had a decent year last year, Kyle. Thank you very much. Cardinals fan 022 says, you think the CBA talks are bad now? Wait till money gets involved in missing games. Yeah, we're already there, right? We're already there at the money getting involved in missing games. It's not good. It's not good any way you look at it. Uh, and it's only going to get worse as it goes along. But remember, again, now I'm not trying to paint this. I'm not looking through this with rose-colored glasses. What I'm telling you is keep in mind that today's progress, like these last 24, 48 hours, are real progress. Sure, it's not it's not the finish line, which is a bummer. But this is where we should have been just a couple uh, of weeks ago. Like this is where this is where we should have entered 
February with. The, you know, and it's nice to see the owners finally giving. Like, that's the difference. We're seeing the owners budge. And because of that, we're getting closer and closer to an agreement. Now, I think that there's a conspiracy theory out there that maybe even tracks that the owners just don't care about April. I think that there's some owners who care about April, April, and I think there's some owners who don't. Uh, we know that there's infighting within the owners about some of these collective bargaining agreements uh, uh, um, issues. But I think that we, we shouldn't get lost in the fact that progress is being made. And sure, it's not progress at the pace we want, but at least it's progress. Uh, we're probably another week, two weeks away from actually getting there. Remember, once I get this whole... Um, draft pick compensation, international draft thing figured out. There's still a pretty large delta uh, between the bonus, uh, the um, pre-R bonus number. And then from that, there's still other things to work on. So probably, in my opinion, I think we're still two weeks. On Hot Take Central, Charlie Marlowe said 140 games, and I think that he's about right. Uh, Kyle Hampton says, was it worth going under slot from a greedy allowing cards to draft bias? Yeah, yeah, probably. But yeah, you know, so the other thing about the thing about Mike McGreevy is yeah, that whole high high floor talk with McGreevy. You know, I think that it's safe to bet that he's probably going to eventually pitch in the major leagues. He's kind of got that um, uh, Dakota Hudson thing, but with more strike throwing at a quicker pace kind of thing um, with a potentially higher ceiling. So, yeah, look, uh, even though I think that the, the Cardinals maybe decided to go with McGreevy instead of some other players uh, that I would have drafted, I don't. I don't hate the move in principle based on what they got later on in the draft. And even then, like, look, McCreevy's a solid bet. He's a solid bet. Yeah, maybe he's something like Michael Waka minus the flirting with no hitters um, and also a couple of pitches instead of just two pitches. And then that's a valuable major leaguer that you can get in the first round. I don't mean that to diminish Michael McGreevy. He has a major league future ahead of him. It's just in what degree. Uh, I was just saying that, uh, you know, obviously the draft is all of its parts. But uh, is a sum of all of its parts. But also to keep in mind that maybe there were some better players there. Uh, GLJ over on YouTube says, Are the Cardinals ever going to send prospects to play in Australian League? I know some other teams in the league have embraced it more than others. I See, I don't know anything about that. I know the Cardinals have definitely scouted in Australia. But I don't know if they've sent players to play in the Australia. Oh, you mean, sorry, during the winter time? Yeah, you know, uh, they did a couple years back. Man, I want to say four years back before COVID, they had sent some players. Not a lot of players, but a couple players. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I don't know if they will. I think that they'll just continue to use the Caribbean League more than anything. Uh, Tony Forsolito says, good for Juan Yepes, though. I'm with you. Brett Miner says, uh, one of the best sinkers I've seen. Jeff Hammert says, I'm all about some ground ball pitchers. Yeah, especially with that defense. Johnny G says, what famous baseball writer do you despise the most? Look, he's not a baseball writer, but Jim Bowden is trash. Uh, the Redbird Way says Carlson had a 127 WRC plus in the second half of the first full season uh, is a legit stud. Yeah, and you know, keep in mind that even if you're talking about a player who, in his second full season at the major league level, has a 110 WRC plus throughout the entire year, it's all about finding consistency, right? Uh, uh, the Cardinals' offense is all about finding consistency. Hold on. Oh. That's where the issue is. You know, uh, when the Cardinals are on, like they were for like the last couple months of the season, you have Harrison Bader hitting and Tyler O'Neill hitting and Dylan Carlson hitting and Mundo Sosa uh, doing some good stuff, uh, Edmund doing some good stuff. Uh, 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 obviously, Arenado struggled that down the stretch, but um, Goldschmidt hitting like Goldschmidt's capable of. 
It's all about finding that consistency. Tyler O'Neill too. They just have to find the consistency. And if they can find the consistency, uh, then that's where they're going to excel. And instead of Dylan Carlson maybe having like uh, 127 WRC plus at the beginning of June and then a 101 WRC plus at the beginning of August and then a 99 at the end of August and then finishing the season with a 113 or whatever it was. He just needs to stay in that 110, 113 and then you're talking about a player who's 10 to 13 or 10 to 15% better than league average in his second full season as he enters his third full season where he's going to end up being an all-star. Hey, Stu, what's up, baby? I love you. Hey, love you and Major um, and Madger doing pad the night I'm at the studio. Oh, hey, uh, uh, how's the recording going, Stu? Look, I'm glad you're here just to say hello if that's all you're here to do. Keep recording that album, bud, and I can't wait to hear it. Colin Dunn says nothing more. Oh, by the way, to Stu Styles, who I love. Stu's an awesome guy. Uh, Stu does the best, the best recaps, the best scorecard uh, that you will ever find for a major league game. Uh, and it's a shame we don't have major league games uh, because I cannot wait to see Stu's scorecard. Whatever you mean on that. Hex says, do you think cards will go after a DH bat or go in-house? You know, I think they'll add another bat. You know, I again, Colin Moran's a name. Uh, maybe Brad Miller, as our buddy uh, Adam Butler would say. Something like that. I could see them adding that, but I don't think they're going to take, like, a guy who's just a DH. Like, Kyle Schwarber. Again, I don't know why. I don't – I get the fascination with Kyle Schwarber, but I don't get the fascination with Kyle Schwarber. Uh, Jeff Humbert says, Kyle, what are some non-Cardinals prospects that make your penis throb? Julio Rodriguez is one. George Kirby's another. A lot of what's going on in Seattle. Noeve Marte. Um, uh, boy, I'm going to end Adley Rushman. Uh, amazing. Um, Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, those guys all make my dick hard. Uh, let's see. Oh, God, my parents would be so proud of me. Um, oh, there's just so many. You know, uh, um, uh, Zach Deloche. Uh, Jordan Westberg. Um, yeah, look, there's just so many, you know, like I, I like a lot of these guys. Uh, Colin Dunn, sorry, I, I lost my I lost my place. Colin Dunn says nothing more pad than Kyle thinking Ariel Hawani is a woman. Yeah, sorry, I don't know who Ariel Hawani is. I'm kind of a douchebag. Uh, John Redbird says, I am late. Did we talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi yet? <laughs> I think we talked about Kenobi just as much as we talked about the lockout or about Cardinals prospects. Yes, look, uh, John, I, I, I'm sure that I would love to hear your thoughts. But what I will say is that, yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait for Kenobi. Uh, March 25th or whatever, May 25th or whatever, cannot get here soon enough. There's nothing that excites me more than Obi-Wan Kenobi. I've been looking forward to this series since the advent of Disney+, Plus. basically. Sarah says... Can we go? Can we give you your social security number? You know, the funny thing is, is I thought about giving it to you for a second. Uh, the other funny thing is, is that for a very long time, my address was pinged uh, during Periscope. So you could have come and visited me anytime you want, which didn't really even matter because for the most part, I was just giving out my address anyways. Uh, yeah. So uh, sorry about the social security number. Uh, all that they would do is, uh, with it, all you'd be able to do is have claims court come after you. Austin Dale says, Mountain Dew Baja Blast Seltzer for me. Ooh, Mountain Dew Baja Blast Seltzer? I didn't know if such a thing existed. Now that Baja Blast is a tasty treat for the ages. Johnny G says, is Juan Yepes locked in at first base? Juan Yepes feels most comfortable at third base. That's where he was raised to play. That's where he feels most comfortable. Uh, so I would say no. I think if you're if you're profiling from a scouting standpoint, you would say, yeah, first base is his most likely option. I know it gets rough in a corner outfield sometimes, 
Uh, but I also know that he worked hard this uh, this off season to get as good defensively at as many different positions as he could. Now, keep in mind, as you know, it goes back to the whole conversation about like hitting against the shift. Is it hard to get a hit against the shift? Is it easy to hit against the shift? Uh, how come players aren't just hitting against the shift? Well, when you've played one position for 20 years of your life, when you're a third baseman for 20 years of your life, and then for three years they try to get you some time at first, and then a corner outfield, it's not easy. You know the position that you feel most comfortable on. In. Uh, so I would say from a scouting perspective, yes, um, uh, oh boy, uh, that he would be the kind of player that scouting services and other teams would say he's a first baseman at best. Uh, but I know that in 2020, 2019, he made huge strides as a better third baseman. He showed signs of being a better third baseman at times during 2021. And I know he worked extremely hard this offseason to get as good in the outfield as he could, along with first and third. So uh, the answer is yes and no at the same time, Johnny G. Graham says, is Terry Fuller still around? He is. He is. Spaghetti Jones said, did anyone else forget that Skip Schumacher is our bench coach? I did until uh, they started showing pictures of uh, 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 Skip of Jared Schumacher, by the way. His name is Jared. It's not Skip, okay? Okay? <clears throat> Pardon me. You're not, you won't get COVID. Uh, until they started showing pictures of him with Ali Marmol and the golf cart, I had completely forgot. And also, did you guys also think about how like long ago the end of the 2021 season was? Doesn't that seem like it was years ago, not like just a couple five, six months ago, like, it seems like it was years ago that the 2021 season ended. Uh, just a little note there in my head. John Redford says, what is going on with Zach Thompson? A year or two ago, I thought the cards were kind of high on him. No, they're still high on him. And remember, because of the nature of the 2021 season, you know, Zach Thompson was pushed to AAA. He had never pitched above, other than like an inning at AA, I think. He had never pitched above uh, uh, low A, or high A, I guess. Drafted in, sorry, uh, drafted in 2019, the 2020 season was lost. Oh boy, here comes the burpees. Anyways, it was a tough ask in 2021 for this kid who had never really played more than like 15 innings in affiliated baseball and then lost all of 2020 to pitch at AAA. AAA is hard. I, I maintain that AAA is the hardest league outside of Major League Baseball, including the foreign leagues. I've, I've said that before. I've seen how that league is. It's tough. So uh, then he was asked to pitch in that league, and it's not easy, even for a player who's 23 years old, maybe maybe a little older for, like, the early 20s prospects. Uh, it was a hard ask for him to get there, and he worked on things and got better. He had a good turn in the Arizona Fall League. Those are positives. Uh, as the article in the Post today writes, uh, and again, subscribe to the stltoday.com, subscribe to the Post. Uh, he's working on He worked on some mechanical issues to get in to reaccess some of the MPH on his fastball and all of his pitches to continue to streamline his mechanics. All of this is good. But just remember that 2020 was kind of a wash with such an aggressive promotion for, for such an untested prospect. Uh, Foster the Person says, so uh, any improvements to starting pitching? I would think that um, most people would say Jake Westbrook. But other than that, no, their improvements currently are going to have to come internally. And you can take that for whatever you want. Uh, maybe Aaron Brooks becomes that. Maybe it's Matthew Libertor, who, again, looks so good over the last four or five starts of his 2021 season. Uh, and again, I think that the Cardinals will probably bank on Johan Oviedo and Jake Westbrook taking some of those innings. Uh, and maybe even Jordan Hicks, depending on what they decide to do with Jordan Hicks or what ends up happening with Jordan Hicks. So, yeah, again, look, I, you guys know where I stand on this. I've, st I've stood on this a year ago when we did Prospects After Dark, the day that the Cardinals, the night that the Cardinals traded 
for Nolan Arenado. What did I say? I said the Cardinals still need more pitching. They need more pitching. They need more pitching. I think we're still in the position where they also need, not only do they need relief pitching, but it probably wouldn't hurt them to bring back somebody like Jay Happ or uh, uh, Wade LeBlanc just to have them around in case something happens in spring. Uh, so, yes, they need pitching. They would. Ex- I would expect that if you were to ask them where they're going to get improvements, they're going to say just the addition of Steven Matz, getting a full season in Dakota Hudson, uh, uh, having Jack Flaherty healthy, uh, Mike Miles Michaelis healthy. I would say that that's where they're going to get uh, their improvements. John Redford says, how do you feel about the proposed rule changes like larger bases, pitch clock, and shift band? Uh, you know, I'm kind of neutral on it all. Again, the large bases don't bug me at all. I've seen it in action. It doesn't bug me. The pitch clock, uh, you know, I feel for the pitchers who have to deal with it. That sucks. Uh, but uh, from a fan who just wants to watch the games kind of get over quicker, uh, and instead of being in, you know, instead of staying up till 11 o'clock to watch a game or 1030, I'd like to go to bed at 10, uh, uh, you know, maybe have more of an NHL-like time frame, then yeah, I don't really have a problem with the pitch clock. I, w- I can't wait to see how it all pans out at the major league level because I don't necessarily think that the minor leagues are a good influence or a good uh, testing ground. Uh, uh, you-, you never get a full feel for that, that kind of thing until it's at the major league level. And also if it'll be enforced strictly, which I don't necessarily think it will, especially not right away, so you won't get immediate gains on it. Uh, so I'm kind of iffy on the pitch band or the pitch clock. And as far as the shift band goes, look, um, I'm embarrassed to say that as a baseball fan, I don't have an opinion on the shift ban. I go back and forth. I'm very wishy-washy. I wade in both sides of the, the waters. I, I'm pro-shift ban because I just want to see what would happen. But I'm also anti-shift ban because I think that shifting is part of baseball. Uh, so I know that those aren't articulated thoughts. I know that we're kind of in a society where we are supposed to take a side uh, one side or the other, but I ride that line, especially with shifting. Like, let's just see what happens. Uh, I'm not happy. I'm not sad. I, I just want to see what happens. Cards Cheap Seat says, how are the MILB AAA games broadcast announcing different camera angles? It just depends. Like, Memphis uses different camera angles. Like, when they're at home, different camera angles. You have the radio broadcast, which is really good. Uh, Evan Stockton, and I can't think of who his cohort is. They're really good at what they do. Uh, different camera angles, uh, stats, and you can watch it through MILB TV. I would uh, uh, suggest subscribing to that. Um, but it just depends on where the where the game is broadcast from. Jeff Hobart says, uh, I've got tickets to the Red Sox and Yankees in Fenway in August. I made sure to book uh, late the season as possible because of the lockout. Also, fuck the Red Sox. I just want to see Fenway. Fenway's awesome. I went to Fenway maybe 15 years ago now at this point, and it was one of the highlights of my life. Ed Meyer says, if Universal DH is a thing, does Yepes start the season in the majors? I would hope so, yes. I think that that would be smart on the Cardinals' behalf. Uh, Ed Meyer said, does anyone have the link to the Fangraph article about Yepes? Go to Ben Clemens on Twitter. Ben Clemens on Twitter. He'll get you in the right mind frame. Hummert says, you said Jake Westbrook again. Drink every time he says Westbrook. God. Uh, to Jake Westbrook and... To Jake Woodford. She- Shekels X says, Now that Pat is also on YouTube, I'm going to put on my TV and make my family uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, um, so what you guys don't see is that C70 has been doing the strip tease. You know, he was in bed waiting for me, and he came out and he's been doing the strip tease. Uh, and if I could, I'd put that on YouTube for your family too, but I don't think we're going to be able to. Uh, Fuzzle Light says... 
A lockout is preventing us from seeing Flo NATO MVP season. Yeah, I would suspect that you're going to see a bump from Nolan Arenado uh, when he comes back. All right, so here's the deal. We've been doing pad for about an hour and ten minutes. We've had a great whole thing going on here. Uh, I haven't gone to the Twitter tweets. You guys have been amazing. Um, I'm going to move on. Uh, am I going to move this to the side? I don't know what's going on. I really don't. I'm going to go over here because I can't do a bunch of things at once. Uh, this didn't age well. What's going on? Oh boy, sorry, I, I lost my uh, I, I lost my place. Um, yeah. So, anyways, what we're gonna do is I'm sorry, I, I did not mean to get distracted. Uh, so, anyways, to all of the pad people, welcome back to Prospects After Dark. This was a lot of fun. I hope you're having a good time. Uh, it's almost over, but hey, I hope you're having a good time. I love you. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. You know, hopefully, when we get to do this, when we get to, um, did you find your sugar mama yet? <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, she's been working her ass off at Aldi as a store manager. So hopefully I found my sugar mama. But I haven't found anybody to send me down to spring training so that I can get drunk instead of following the minor leaguers, Trisha. Yeah, no, that would be amazing. That would be an amazing, amazing uh, uh, set of things to happen. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully as the minor league season goes on, uh, we can end up having prospects after dark a little bit more regularly. I'll be honest with you. I am talked out. I don't have much more to say. So what I will do is I, what I normally do, I will tell you, uh, I am forever thankful for the work of Cardinals gifts. Cardinals gifts is the man. He's the mensch. He's incredible. Uh, I would not do prospects after dark without him. As a matter of fact, part of my, uh, the, the thing that makes me really happy is doing it because I get to interact with, um, with, uh, with Cardinals Gifts, who is my favorite person on earth uh, that isn't a relative or somebody I'm dating. So, uh, or a relative of somebody I'm dating. Uh, or an offspring of somebody I'm dating. Because uh, so, he's the best. Because I love him. He's everything to me. Uh, uh, the best friend that you can have uh, that lives in a different state that you don't talk to on a regular basis. Uh, so, between him and him creating Birds on the Black, which also gets a shout out to Zach Gifford and SEO Cup of Joe. And also uh, Chirps with Tara Nichols. And, and that lovely and talented Alex Chrisafuli. Uh, we have Nick Childress. We have Stu Styles. We have Ben Sarudi. Uh, I love my whole Birds on the Black family. To the Birds on the Black family, I raise my glass. Thank you for letting me be a part of you uh, as much as uh, as you are a part of me. And that, of course, leads us to the Pad people, who honestly, I missed you guys. I, I missed doing Pad. It is an intense experience for me. As you can tell, it takes a lot of practice. If you haven't been talking like a jackass, like I've been talking for a jackass for as long as I've been talking like a jackass. Um, but to, yeah, so anyways, like to the pad people, thank you for being here. Thank you for, for being a part of this on a Wednesday night, March 9th, 2022. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed yourself. And if you haven't, then uh, I hope that you enjoy yourself to my big, bald, sexy head later. Uh, wins Bob Nightingale's Hall of Fame induction, says Quinn, every day. Uh, Sarah Ann says Cardinals Gifts is okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, man, fantastic shirt. Bot B rocks. You're damn right, Zed. Uh, Victoria says, I've missed this. Hopefully you can do this more. To you, Victoria, again. To all of my pad people, you make pad worth doing. Hopefully as the minor league season kicks up, we can do it more. I look forward to gifting uh, and uh, getting the minor league season started at the very least. To the pad people, to the minor league family, we raise our glass. And that's it. That's all I've got for you on a pro oh, uh, for a prospects after dark 
Jordan Walker, MVP, says Quinn. Yeah, probably. That's all I have for you of Prospects After Dark on a Wednesday after months and months of a vacant uh, vacant Prospects After Dark world. Um, I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Uh, as you know, if you've watched this, you are part of the resistance. Uh, uh, you know, let's do this. Let's do. The, let's try to make this regular if we can. We probably won't be able to. Uh, but to everybody who's here, everybody for Prospects After Dark, thank you for participating. I love you. Uh, gifts, you're the best. Follow Birds on the Black, go to the thing, and then do the Dirty 40, and then the, whatever the hell it is. Uh, uh, shout out to Zach. Uh, 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 oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I forgot my little fuzzy man peach's name. Uh, 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 shout out to Zach Silver, who I love with all my heart. Uh, uh, again, uh, consider yourself lucky Cardinal fans that you have Zach, and you have Jeff, and you have Katie, and you have Derek. Uh, uh, and Mr. Hummel sometimes, uh, we're lucky to have the people that, that supply us with information about the cards, Brian Walton, um, that we have. So again, for everybody at Prospects After Dark, everybody at Prospects After Dark, everybody at Birds on the Black, uh, I'm out of practice here. I'm going to do a little reset. We're going to start over because I need to get in the habit. For everybody at Prospects After Dark, uh, I know we don't have Zach, but Zach's with Baltimore, but I just wanted to say Zach because John Denton isn't Zach and we need John Denton to be Zach, but John Denton's dry as fuck, and I'm sad about it, and I'm just going to keep talking about how sexy and how cute he is until he comes out of his shell or files a restraining order. I've got enough of those anyway, so I'm not really that worried about it. Uh, but for everybody at Prospects After Dark, everybody everybody at Birds on the Black, uh, if you watch this, you're a part of the re resistance. Happy hunting, everybody, and we will see you hopefully soon.